Welcome back to Recorded Conversations, the podcast that's dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in an authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingstrom. Corey joins me on today's episode, and we share a little bit about how we've been fighting a lot lately. I don't know if we necessarily even discussed talking about how we've been fighting so much, but it just so happened that it felt like we were both comfortable with the idea. And one of the reasons we just went ahead and went forward with this is because we know that we're not the only ones that go through this kind of stuff. And the best way to make everybody feel included is to let everybody know that we all suffer from kind of the same shit. I am going to give you a little bit of a warning here. I don't recommend that you have small children nearby while you're listening to today's podcast. I introduce a couple of concepts that I'm developing that have some terminology behind them that may be offensive to younger ears. And so I just want to go ahead and let you have a little bit of time to press pause if you need to, clear some kids out of the room. Because some of the concepts that I do talk about, while are not specifically describing sexual things, I use sexual terms, and that's just the way I roll. So this episode, we discuss why we've been fighting, what we've learned from our, our stress, what we've learned from the cyclical chaos that we experience, that I'm sure many of you experience, how we can become insulated in our habits and our patterns, and how we can insulate expectations along with that and what it can do for us. From there, we just kind of let the conversation unfold and share with you just whatever's on our mind. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Okay, so we're go for episode 17. Passion, power, and pussy. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard this, by the way. Yeah, it is, because I come up with the notes. So, it's a theme that... <laughs> i got to tell you something. Okay, so, honestly, I don't even know how I came to it, but I did. So, in, in this article that I just wrote for my, my Pathios Progressive Christian blog... I wrote an article called Desire in the Erotic, Where Does God Fit In? And so I talk about these three components of a process of discussion, discernment, and devourment of your desires. Did you read that article? Do you remember it? It was two days ago. Uh, it was that the one that I supposedly read? Yes, but I had edited. edited. I didn't finish the edited version. Rude. Very rude. Apparently I'm like that. Okay, so basically what I wanted to suggest is that desire is inherently like imbued. It's it's I believe an extension of God. And I carry my argument with some Bible verse citations that kind of point to the same thing. This idea that God desired love, desired us, and so therefore desire is inherent within us and it's not a bad thing. And so leading to, and there was a very subtle segue, and it might have actually even been missed altogether and felt like it just jumped into a new topic, but I was leading to, and this is why within partnerships, desire needs to be discussed and discerned and then devoured. Like it's a process. It's not just, I shared my fantasies with you and let's do it. Okay. 
Okay. And so anyway, so I was building off of that concept. Did you want to interject and say anything no, to I'm that? I'm just listening right now. Okay. So then, because I'm just silly I and I like alliteration, I was like, well, I'm kind of writing to this idea of power right now for one of the next pieces I'm working on. And I also have been trying to figure out like how to cultivate some kind of form of empowerment and encouragement sexually for all people, specifically women, because I'm a woman, so that they're comfortable with confronting the pussy and the penis and confronting the need to integrate their sexuality with the rest of them and be as confident in their sexuality as they are in what they pursue for their passions, for their jobs, for their careers, for their interests, for their gifts. Do you know what I mean? If I understand correctly, you're trying to say that couples need to talk about sex more. Well, yeah, that was a very condensed version of what I said. And you made it seem as though I didn't need to use that many words to say what you just just said. I'm just making sure that... Yeah, that's the gist of it. And thanks for pointing that out. Not everybody is as smart as you, okay? Oh, you're so sweet. I'm not that smart. So I like this alliteration play. I like encouragement. I like putting my own unique twist on things, authenticating it as, you know, created by Danielle, my signature. And so with a new alliteration, I somehow wanted to work in this idea, this concept of desire needing to be broken down through discussion, discernment, and devour into a triple penetration concept. Nice. I know, right? Isn't that? I know. I was like, you would be so proud when I wrote those words down. See the triple penetration. Um, Because you know why. Um, But so this was formulaic for just this concept that I wanted to make a little bit more creative to consume for different types of consumers. And um, so it includes how we use passion to turn it into power so that you can confront the pussy and the penis, but confront sex altogether. Find the confidence and the courage to confront that one particular part of a lot of relationships that people just are not comfortable confronting, especially with revealing desires and fantasies and worrying about, will I be safe in being this vulnerable? Now, when you talk about power, though, are are we talking about... Like power over another, as far as using it as leverage, or I don't. Under, I'm do glad you, you asked, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, I am because what I was right, what I was working on all day today, what I was writing to was this idea about power and how. You know, remember what I said earlier when you were talking about your brother, and you were like the kind of power they give me. Yes. And then, so what that made me, and I said something about, I know all the power your family's given me over the years. Mm -hmm. And then I started thinking about all the other power that people inadvertently give to other people that they don't think about because they let their fears take over. And when they do that, they kind of paint you in this character that is greedy for this power and must exert this power and this control. And so anyway, I was trying to kind of show how like we give this power to people And it's a stupid that we give power to people like that, because I think the only good power that exists is the power inside of each of us that we actualize for the good of love and not for if put in a God context, 
the good power comes from a filtered heart, an integrated heart, and it's a it's a self empowerment that I I am aiming to encourage people to find. Not a power over people, not to control, not to influence, not to restrain people from stepping outside of limitations, but for people to realize that the real power comes from within and it comes through acceptance. Okay, so on uh, don't down for us common folk. So what you're saying is it's not healthy for a woman to like use sex against her husband like if a husband is wanting sex and you know the wife doesn't and she just says nope not in the mood all right i'm going to bed you know what i mean okay and so i mean i'm that could be said from what i'm saying yeah just just checking okay so that's one interpretation (laughs) yep So, (laughs) I didn't, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't prepared for that. Uh, Thank you for that perspective that I should have considered, though. I really do appreciate it. Yes, um, my triple penetration concept, however. (laughs) I love that, by the way. No, I do, too. (laughs) Is about coital confrontation. See, I have that written down here, too. That's my own clever little phrase, too. Just to kind of, like, put a fun expression and twist to this idea of how we should be. I'm assuming, but I'm just speaking from my own experience. You know, when we want to make a big purchase decision like the vehicles. Yes. We talked and we discussed and we discerned and we weighed pros and cons. And and did we even sleep on it? We slept on it. Yes. And, and no. Yes, we did. No. We did not. Yeah. No, we went to trade one vehicle in, or went to just buy a pickup, and then we ended up buying two vehicles. But we slept on buying a new vehicle because we yes, had just paid all of our debt off. Not the second one. Right, because we just finished Dave Ramsey's. Ram- that was a random. I wouldn't recommend that. No, that was spontaneous, and it was really dumb. And we had just finished Dave Ramsey's. Uh, what was that program? Yeah, the money university. I don't even remember what it was called now. It's a good program. I just used it. Yeah, we did pay off all of our debt very quickly. Yeah, it's a good program. And we didn't even live off of ramen and tuna, like you suggested. No. No. Anyway, I feel like we always talk about that. Yeah. It's our one long resentment that we just have not gotten closure on, I think. But at the same point in time. Anyway, back to sex. Um, Empowerment and coital confrontation. And the triple penetration. Were you going something with that? Yes. Oh, you totally booted me off track. I don't even know where I was at now. So, yes, women should not just have the power play position of being the only one who makes the decisions on when you have sex and how you have sex and for how long. But that's, a, that's the way I would say that a majority of marriages and relationships... Are like that. And I can see that. Because, I mean, you've even the, said that of us. And I've yeah. tried to argue against it. But at the same time, like, you're right. I mean, what? If you're in the mood, all you have to say is, honey, you want to have sex? And, I, and sometimes I'll play hard to get and say, yeah, I'll think about it. And 30 seconds later, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I mean. Or I guess. I guess. I guess. If I have to. If I, if I must. But I mean, I, I shall think, oblige. <laughs> but I, but if I, but if if the if the roles are reversed, though, 
we uh i'm like hey you wanna have some refreshments and you're like i'm not in the mood all right okay it's just the way it is yeah there's like no i don't get to (laughs) try to seduce you or anything because that just doesn't work okay at all so anyway, I didn't really want to unpack it all that much because it was a new idea. I just thought I'd share it with you because I was really proud of the the title of the concept, the triple penetration, and how it alliterates and speaks to passion, power, and pussy. I might use that later. Um, moving on. Okay. So, we've been fighting a lot. Yeah, we have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, what's that been about? The last two weeks have been rough. Yeah. We have not gotten along very well. So, I've been working a lot. It's harvest season, and it's just, it's, it's a really busy time of the year. It's the end of the year, so we're all burnt out. It's just ridiculously crazy. And then I'm not home very much, and that upsets you because I'm not home very much. Yeah. So yep. you get frustrated, take it out on me. And me, I'm thinking in the back of my head, what the fuck do you do all day, woman? Why is this so hard? <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that, though, because that would not be good. No, it wouldn't but... would not be beneficial. <laughs> But I think that sometimes, and, I know, and I'm not saying you don't do stuff. I know you are very busy. You work very hard. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, it's been very, why don't you tell your side of it? Well, I think I've been feeling like I was just lacking attention. And it wasn't even direct attention. It wasn't even engaging attention. I think it was just like presence. Like your presence has not been here So if I hear kids arguing or a knock at the door or the phone rings or whatever, I can't just get lost in writing or whatever because I have to just be aware for everything else. And it's just, it's extra mental chores that right now I don't want to make room for, but I know I have to at the same time because you're not here. And if I don't do it, then what? Yeah, that's been hard, and so, because I'm not getting attention, I've just been complacent with negative attention that I've created. Like, I've created some negative shitstorm that didn't really need to be... Okay, I don't want to say that, because sometimes I feel like I backtrack a little bit, and then I give you too much leniency, and then you, like, you know... No, I don't. Slack a little bit. And and I would... From my perspective, I would disagree. And I've brought this up before. I think that when you are frustrated, then you notice the things that I do or don't do. And you think I'm just sucking up doing things because you're angry. But I think that I do all those things all the time. I think it could be both, that we're both right. Yeah, maybe. That maybe you don't do as much as you think you do, and maybe I don't see you do as much as you actually do. It's possible. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I like that compromise, because otherwise it kind of feels like <laughs> you're gaslighting me a little bit. No, really, and that's yeah. why I don't complain. And I even I wrote that to you in the, 
that note thing. I, I, I decided to, instead of texting him while he was out doing what he was doing in the fields, I started writing notes of all of the things that were just coming to mind and all of the things that I had brought up over the last few weeks that were suddenly an issue and needed resolution right now in like the thick of harvest. And that was one of the things that I kept writing down over and over was that I feel like I'm crazy for complaining because you always turn around and say like, no, and here's the things that I'm doing. And I'm like, you're kind of making me feel like I'm just like misperceiving everything. And so then I'm like, am I over-dramatizing everything? Is my perception really that skewed? And then that leads me to question myself. And and I've told you that before, too. Sometimes you make me question myself. And then I don't know what to think about what I'm even observing. And so... And and I don't think... And I know you don't do that intentionally. That's just how I am responding to it. And I don't think that you're necessarily... uh not being observant. I just think you're preoccupied with other things that we pay attention to the things that are are in our mind at the time. Yeah. And I mean, there are times when, yeah, I don't pay attention and I think things happen that don't happen because I'm not focused on that. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm not saying that you're crazy or that you're not aware. I'm just saying you're focused on something different. So you're not worried about that stuff. It's being taken care of and it's okay. So you just don't focus on it. Yeah. So I'm not trying to, to blame you for, for not observing those things. All I'm saying is that when you're not angry, you don't have focus on it. So you're not paying attention to that. And... And you know what I noticed about that, too, is I was being, I was, I wasn't seeing you at the same time that I was saying that I wasn't being seen. And just realizing that made me start kind of trying to have a, a Corey lens, which I, I will admit I put on way too late in the game and then probably didn't adjust for Corey lens as much as I should have, could have. But then it was more like, whatever, I'm just gonna, whatever. He'll be done when he's done. And then I can focus on what I need to focus on. And and it's good that you bring that up because there are times when I don't agree with the way you handle things or the way you do things. And I listen to it. And sometimes it frustrates me. But at the same point in time, I wasn't in that situation. Yeah. So how can I judge you for the way you reacted? I might give you suggestions like, well, maybe we could have handled it a little differently. But at the same point in time, I can't get angry at you for handling it the way you did. True. Because I wasn't there. You know, and I think it brings to light some other how we think differently. How we prioritize differently. How we, I don't think that's good or bad. It's just different. Yeah. And we have to acknowledge that we are different and we do process things dif- differently. We do deal with things differently and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And we have to be understanding of that. Yeah. And not be frustrated or angry because we don't respond the way we think the other should and vice versa. Yeah. You might be right. 
we had a rough couple of weeks and it was because I was not getting attention and I'm not the only one that's going through this though. I've had a lot of friends experience similar things. We were talking too, we were talking about how and then daylight savings came and then it was like, we have entered the season of death overnight and it just hit everybody. And I think it, I think there's just a lot of people that are hit by it every year, but it feels so much worse than the year before that we don't remember the year before. And I feel like that's how it is with me. I mean, do you think that? Like, I go through, I seem to go through a phase. Every fall. Every fall. And I, but I understand that, though, you know. I think it's, uh, I mean, for us, we have, like, six to nine months of chaos. Yeah. Through the summer. Yeah. And, I mean, it starts around planting time and it goes through harvest. Yeah. And we get to the end, and we're both just burnt out. Yeah. I mean, my patience is not as much in the fall as it was earlier on in the year. Well, and it's even more rushed for a lot of other people when you take into consideration that, you know, they just got their kids back to school. Yep. And then the holidays are approaching, and then, what, hunting season and shopping season and spending season. I mean, really just thinking about all of that is chaotic enough to put a person in depression. And we're not even really a part of that kind of grind. Mm-hmm. But we're insulated in our own cyclical grind that creates just as much chaos. It's something I have to go through every year. It's my reset. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you, you go through something, too, but it's not... You get bored and anxious and feel cooped up and yep. want to do something. You need to see dirt. Yep. Smell alfalfa. Oh, God, I love that smell. And even the, the smell of manure and the breeze. And, yeah, so you go through something, but you're more agitated and anxious, whereas I'm more I, depressed. <laughs> but I like winter. Yeah. I mean... For rest. The, when fall is over, I'm ready, cold, the snow, just to have a break. But by February, I'm ready to get going again. Which is incidentally when your birthday is. Yeah. Yeah. That's huh. that's when your rebirth is programmed to begin. Must be. Mm. And see, um, I was born in the winter, so I usually kind of start tapering off in December. Yeah. Getting a little bit better. And then I get excited for the spring. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're tired of the cold. Because we're so tired of the cold. And And being cooped up in the house. And the gray. And the dry, stale air. And yeah. yeah. Um, So yeah. But our passion stays nice and toasty. Yes. In the winter. Yes. Because we're kind of forced to spend more time with each other. Yes. Yeah. So we make use of that time. Very much so. Very diligent about that. It's very cold, so we have to cuddle. Yes, because two bodies next to one another do produce, like, such a great little furnace for one another. It's true. Yeah. And so in kind of sticking with that same idea of, like, where I was feeling I was lacking attention, I think I over-dramatize how little time I get to spend with you because when we do spend time with one another, we will, like, sacrifice sleep to spend time with one another 
Do you know what I mean? And a lot of people won't even go that route. They have so many prioritized needs that have to be met first. And if they break their routines, it's going to screw up everything they have planned. And people are such planned little people. And we're not like that. But it makes me think about the fact that sometimes I do worry, like, you're going to work so hard at sometimes that, like, I'm not going to get any of that passion. What do you mean? Well, you burn yourself out. Oh, we're way past that, I think. So you're burnt out, but you still reserve passion for me. Yeah. So do you not extend that kind of, not that particular form of passion, but do you not extend similar passion and energy to other people then to, like, hold it back? Yeah, basically. Really? Yeah. You're just like, you get this minimal amount of energy from me because it's all on reserve for the folks at home. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's good. That's actually something that a lot of people don't do. Contrary to what you might think. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't really know what I think about how you are with other people when I'm not around. I imagine you give them the same kind of attention you give to me. Oh, no. No? No. <laughs> Maybe we shouldn't talk about this <laughs> publicly. <laughs> you don't want to let people in on your secret. <laughs> they think, they, but they still probably think they're getting all of your attention, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So do you do that with me? No. Fool me into thinking I'm getting your attention, but no. not really getting it? No. No? Time to come clean. You're my biggest priority, you and the kids. Oh. Always have been. You may oh. view it. You may view it differently. You all. That's the one thing that irritates me. When you're mad at me, you always take digs at how I drop everything for my dad and my brother. You have no idea what is going through my head. You're right. And it's frustrating. It uh, that bugs me more than anything. I think. And maybe you do it. Maybe you know that in the back of your head subconsciously. And that's why you do it. Or maybe I sometimes second guess my own value. And I think that you don't value me as much as you value them. I always feel like that because I feel like I've always been pitted against them. Like they've always pitted us against each other and forced you to be like, her us. And I'm always like, well, maybe he second guesses picking me. Have... Seriously. I'm sorry, but sometimes it's like that. And no, it's not it's not that I believe that that's what you wish you could say to me. It's just you know, that nasty little doubt monster creeps in sometimes and I would hope after all that we've been through, I've proven my loyalty. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yes, but you haven't needed to prove it to me. Apparently, no, I'm just no, you don't. And and at the same time, if by evidence it's the repeated patterns that promote our relationship, then yeah, you have proven it. But it's not that. It's just it's just me when I'm lacking attention or feeling like I'm not getting the attention that I need right at this moment. This little doubt monster creeps in and says all sorts of nasty shit to me. Okay. <laughs> And she's a clever little vixen, and yeah, it just happens. I'm just sharing with you some of the doubts that I've had over the last few weeks. I do feel like that, but I mean, I was second-guessing my writing, and I was second-guessing my ability and whether I could do 
like this new project that I've been mm-hmm. invited to do. And at one point I wanted to tell those two that like, I can't do this. I just can't commit to something like this because we have such a spontaneous life and I don't know what could come up next. But then I was like, you know, when you consider the voices that you hear in your head, the the angel and the devil, and 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 you think about how they address certain things to, you know, compel you to do something. The angel is never, like, trying to give me a reason. She's just kind of like, do it. Just do it. And then the little, the little ego, the little devil, the little monster comes in and is has, like, five million reasons why I shouldn't do something. And I actually came to that discovery while I was sitting on the toilet the other day. <laughs> I Other people are memeing it out on Facebook on the toilet, I think. So I came to that conclusion. Yes, it was a lovely tinkle and then this bright idea. Um, you know, sometimes I have some pretty crazy ideas within my farming adventure that I decide to go forth with. I'm not really sure when I make that decision of how I'm going to do it because in most cases it requires a a good amount of time Mm -hmm. but it's the right decision. It's what needs to be done and okay I'll figure it out Mm -hmm. and sometimes you just need to do that with what you're doing. It's, It's If it's the right thing for you to do yes it's going to be a challenge. Yes time is going to be an issue of when you're going to find time to do it. Yes, my schedule is not going to be very helpful. No, it is not. Okay, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Yeah, I know. It just means, okay, it's a challenge to overcome. Yes. And you'll figure it out. Yeah. I'm I'm more invigorated about the idea in moving forward and just... Not saying no to everything and not worrying about everything and not doubting everything. And that's and that's what's really frustrating because I also get concerned that if I take on too many projects and I get too much exposure, that I'm going to get caught up in that whole narcissistic, egotistical bullshit and I don't want that to happen to me. But I know that's a potentiality of every person. Yeah. You know, you get... You get a following and you get people praising you the way, I mean, yeah, it can really, it can really inflate my ego. And I just worry about that too. So I'm like, well, if I limit my exposure, then I, I, I limit the potentiality for me to exploit myself that way. I worry that it would take me down a path that would help me justify doing not good things. I don't know. Well, there you have it. There you have it. So, you said something about how you liked hearing me talk about how I was editing my podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what you said? Yeah, I like listening to you talk about editing and writing and and all those things. Things that I don't know a lot about, but it makes you happy. You get a little sparkle in your eye. Or the pride that you have for doing those things. It's just fun to listen to you talk about it. And I feel like when I talk about farming, you don't really care about farming. You don't have a lot of interest in it, but you listen to me talk about it because I do. Yeah. Well, and I like watching you farm. 
Do you? I do. <laughs> it does things. No, on a lot of different levels. Um, no, but when you had mentioned that, when you had said what you did, you know, it, well, number one, I really enjoyed it. I appreciated it because you saw what I was excited about and what I was, yeah, what I was proud of, what I've done, the kind of work that I put into what I do. I know I don't show it with gazes or anything, but I mean, I brag on you to other people because I think it's inspiring that you're willing to like step outside of the lines and and do things differently. Because I mean, I know you get grief from a lot of people and a lot of people just kind of look at you like, what are what? Why would you do that? And you put in so much time and work into researching these ideas and you don't go bragging about it. You just tell people what you're doing and they criticize you and you do it. And it's like, it always seems to work out. So it's inspiring and I like it. So just so you know, I do appreciate it. But I also love watching you in a tractor. I love it's your essence. It's like you glow when you're in a tractor. And at the same time, it's really sexy. And I certainly think about things. Um, with that tractor and you in it. But I like seeing you in your essence. I like seeing you do things. You get such a joy out of it. It never looks like you hate what you're doing. And so I was thinking about that. And I was thinking about like how many couples do not get to see their partners in their glory, in their essence, doing what they're passionate about. And not only do they not get to see that, but the energy that their partners put into pursuing their passions is sometimes all used up that by the time they get home, they don't have any, which is something that Esther Perel speaks to. So one of the ideas that she speaks to is this idea that we're not saving passion for our partners and it's just kind of like all run out. There's like no electric anything when they get home after the end of the day. And since you can serve yours... What do you do? Like, what do you do so that you don't use it all up during the day and that you have it for me and the kids and that you can connect and have intimacy and... Um, honestly, I have no idea. You don't know, huh? Well, I mean, don't you have a lot of challenges with what you're doing? Yes. I view myself as a crisis manager. I feel like I'm just managing one crisis after another. Yeah. <laughs> A crisis manager, and then you come home to crisis sometimes. Yes. That I've created <laughs> for you to manage. I'm trying to make you feel useful. <laughs> uh, yeah. That is my defense <laughs> going henceforth. Oh, my goodness. No, I honestly haven't thought about that. Um, I think, I mean, I enjoy what I do. But at the same point in time, I really enjoy my family. I really enjoy the kids. Uh, sometimes I'm lucky enough to be able to take the kids with me. Yeah. And then that's fun um, to show them what I do. To you know, I mean, we always bond when they're with me. You know, we talk. We you know, they ask a million and one questions, and I answer them. And we get alone time, quiet time, no tech. Yeah. And sometimes it's just peace and quiet. I think kids need to learn to be able to deal with quiet. Yeah, and not being entertained. And not being entertained. Yes. I think and... kids are so overly entertained and structured and extracurriculared. And I think their their attention and their energy is exploited. Yeah, that's why I like having them do yoga and meditation. Mm -hmm. Because 
They have to use their minds. Yep. Kids are way too overstructured today. It drives me crazy when I see how much parents push children into doing all these things because they're so concerned about children being socialized. If I could build an argument, I would speak to it way longer than just saying this, but I sometimes think this idea of socializing is, is a bad thing. Yeah. Because what you do is you force these people to socialize with only certain people. And in school, only people your own age. Yeah. And the majority of those kids are only kids that look just like you and come from similar backgrounds as you. And then you've done that and reinforced a narrative within this socialized program. But then they go out into the real world. And what happens if they move? They experience a different culture. I mean, there's different cultures and every state and every state has their own culture and they're like well this isn't what it was like where all these kids were the same age as me and i mean honestly i was at a point when i was older older teen where i was like is it okay for me to be friends with someone this age is it okay i mean you're structured into believing you can only be friends with people the same age as you so then when you get older and you're 25 and your friend is 45 people are like why that's weird and we're only supposed to associate with the same age groups. And then, yeah, we don't learn anything. So that's my vent about that. Parents, stop overstimulating your children, please. A special thank you to Forever Sound for their musical clip, Sexy, which you hear within the podcast. For more information on how to connect with me, seek me out on social media, Facebook at Danielle Kingstrom, Twitter at D Kingstrom, Instagram at D Kingstrom. For more of my work, please check me out on patreon.com slash Danielle Kingstrom. You'll be able to see more of the content I create, excerpts from my upcoming manuscript and fleshed, making a monogamous relationship real. And you can also support my work. As always, thank you for listening. And until next time, take care.